You're listening to the GameStreet.biz microcast, recorded on Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. I'm James Matcher, and joining me today is... Brandon Sinclair. And we are going to be discussing, like most of the industry is, the Unity Runtime Fee. In case you've been living in the cave, Unity announced last Tuesday a new runtime fee that will be uh, imposed on developers from January 1st, 2024. Studios who meet certain thresholds uh, will have to pay a fee on every install of their game from that date going forwards. The fee depends on the tier of Unity that you're using. So Unity Personal and Plus subscribers, the fee kicks in after 200,000 installs and 200,000 revenue in the previous year. Uh, The fee for them will be 20 cents per install. That lowers to one cent for Unity Pro and Enterprise subscribers, providing they have reached uh, one million dollars in revenue for the past year and lifetime installs of one million or more. Needless to say, developers were not best pleased of this, which is probably why you've heard about it. Unity attempted to clarify a few things. They said things like um, the demos won't count. Well, demos won't count provided it's not like an early access. Charity bundles won't count provided you can prove that your game is in a charity bundle. Um, If you're already using Level Play, which is one of their ad services, I believe the fees don't even apply. They claim that this will only affect 10% of uh, developers. Uh, decidedly more than 10% of developers are not pleased about this. It was an interesting week. We then uh, had a couple of days silence over the weekend before uh, last night the company posted on its uh, X or Twitter uh, account. It posted a sort of apology. We have heard you. We apologise for the confusion and angst the runtime fee policy that we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community, customer, uh, customers and partners, and will be making changes to the policies. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. Now, as it stands, we have no idea what these changes are, so we're not really much further than we were last week when all of this was starting to kick off. Brendan, first thoughts on on how well this has been handled? Not well. <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> um, it, it's it's really. I don't know. I don't know what they expected to happen. I don't know how they thought this would play out. Uh, I don't know if they thought all that hard about it, um, because it it really. Just as as soon as you look at it from the perspective of a developer, it is so like onerous and and awful to have this this plan that you had uh, signed on for. You agreed to the terms. You you were like, I'm going to build my my game in Unity, and you could have spent the last ten fifteen years making Unity games one after the other after the other, and being perfectly happy with it. And then all of a sudden. Now you're being told if those games are still selling uh, and they are selling after January 1st, you are going to be responsible for giving money to Unity that you never expected you would have to give to them, like in perpetuity for as long as your your game continues to be installed. Uh, and and I think that was like the the fundamental change in in the system is is that you know the studio could functionally go under and and stop operating before and whoever owns the rights to that game could still just you know like okay well it still sells a few copies on steam here and there whatever 
cash checks, passive income, whatever. And that's, that's great. But then all of a sudden when, when unity tells you like, no, because you made that in our, in our engine, which we were advertising specifically on the strength of like, we're not doing any kind of back end cut of the, the profits or anything like it's, it's all very upfront and clear what you owe. Um, even though we sold you on that promise years and years ago, and you made that game under that promise and you released it and you haven't touched that game in years. Now we are going to come after you, uh, demanding money for it every, every month, apparently, uh, they're going to invoice companies for this. And, and I think that is like, there, there were so many problems with the way they rolled this out. There's so many problems with the way that they are going to track installs with the, black box proprietary method that they said like oh it's it's very accurate just don't ask how we do it um like so many problems with this but fundamentally i think that's what it comes down to is that you could have had a game that you had pretty much said like that's done and dusted i don't need to worry about that that will not cost me another penny for the rest of my career or whatever and now all of a sudden unity's like nope no, we decided that will cost you money. So now give us that money. Uh, and just that is kind of like once you have broken that that trust, once you've decided like you'll cross that threshold, then there's no telling what other thresholds you would you would cross in the future. So I don't see why any developer right now would trust Unity um no matter what they say here, two days from now, if they come back and they, they say, okay, we're, we're just scrapping it, it's going to be just like it was before. It's like, okay, that's great, but you've shown yourself to be a company run by people that are totally willing to change the deal long after the fact uh, and just sort of impose mystery charges on us. And you would have, if we had not argued and complained and made a big stink about this you would have gone through with it anyways uh, and that's the kind of people you are that's the kind of company you're running and for these developers to base their businesses like their their financial futures on on a partner who is willing to do this to them is is just uh ridiculous like I, I, if you had a choice, you wouldn't do it. So the, the people that are with Unity right now going forward, I think, are the people that don't reasonably have a choice because they have a development team maybe that is really proficient in Unity and not proficient in anything else. Uh, or, or they are, you know, three years into a four-year development cycle on a Unity game. And it's, it's the, the cost of switching over right now would just be too too considerable. Uh, things like that, like, like when you choose an engine to build your game on, you're, you're really committed to that, to that engine and that choice. And you need that stability from them. So when, when the, the, the company shows itself to be just unstable and untrustworthy like this, to, to be willing to, to pull the rug out from under you and, and slap some, mystery fees on you completely change the way that that the mystery fees work like it would be one thing if unity was like you know what 
times are tight, y'all. We got to like increase the subscription fees. Sorry, your seat license is going to be 2,500 instead of 2,000 a chair now. Uh, things like that. I think people would be like, oh, really? Man. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. We'll, you know, we're kind of stuck here. Like that's, that's the kind of uh, awful deterioration of a product that people can accept, I think. They grumble. They do the math. Maybe some of them leave, whatever. But this is like such a fundamental change of the way that you thought this arrangement worked um, that that I just I don't see how how any any studio can really rely on Unity going forward to, to you know, still work next week the way they think it works this week. I think it's something that's so difficult for the studios to calculate, like to prepare for, like even even if if developers thought okay right yep understand the need for a fee we can do this how could they possibly prepare for it the example unity gave in its official faq when they were <laughs> one of the many attempts where they attempted to clarify this was i had so this example just stuck in my head last week if you're a unity pro subscriber so you're already paying the one cent fee rather than the 20 cents fee um and you have three hundred thousand downloads in a month 100,000 of which are from emerging markets, and therefore that's an even lower fee, or at least, you know, that, that, yeah, that's not a stupid fee. Unity estimates that you will need to pay $23,500 that month. Now, if you're on the pro or the enterprise level, you're only paying that fee if you're already making a million within the last year, or, you know, I've got a massive install base. But even with that, there's no guarantee you're going to make 23500 in the month to account for that fee. No one can prepare for a five-figure fee that they don't know what that, that exact figure is going to be. That's just not... It's impossible to run a business that way. So, yeah, you can just... There was no way that this was going to work as a, as a solution. And, you know, and other, other things as well, like, you know, Unity's, uh, you know, Unity later coming out and saying, oh, you know, if your title is in Game Pass or Apple, Apple Arcade or some sort of subscription platform, the uh, fee goes to the distributor rather than the developer. So you're off the hook. Nonsense. Because there's no way that the, you know, the agreement between Unity and the developer is not an agreement that financially involves the distributor. And even, even if the distributor then agreed to pay that fee, they'll pass that fee on to the developer. They'll either take it out of the money they would they would give to get that game onto the um, uh, serve, you know onto the subscription service, or they would just demand that the, the developer pay them instead. It's just utterly ridiculous. I I, I do think that um, the emerging market fee. My understanding of it is that it's based on where the company that's being billed is. So I, right. I don't think okay. that should should you know vary from from download to download so much as just from studio to studio well, but still like that is that is a, a an example of their communication problems with this that we have this misunderstanding yeah and and uh b that is just there is still such a, a huge variety of like oh well the numbers might not be right here the numbers might not be right there like um with with how do they track these these installs? They also say that they'll eliminate, you know, oh, pirated copies won't count. But, you know, what's the difference between me downloading a game from good old games, gog.com, which has no online 
you know, you, you, you get a file that'll run on your computer without needing to be online. So there's no phone home, no check-in on that. There's really no way for them to track who, who installs that. Um, and then if I give it to someone else, like, I guess that's piracy, right? But if I just install it on my desktop and my laptop, that's not piracy. That's fine. It's, it's, impossible i think for them to really kind of track between those things and then also if you're if you're running a multi-platform game like you'll really have to just kind of like do some back of the envelope guesstimation on how many of your users are going to be installing it on multiple platforms you know because you you might sell the game once and but then there's the mobile version that they install there's the xbox version maybe there's even a switch version that they'll install for you know on the go gaming or something and and that all becomes an issue and this whole this whole thing feels like uh, Unity just looked at free to play games, massively successful ones, and decided that they they really wanted uh, to get you know part of that long tail that those games have. Like it's not fair that Unity sits here and takes their seat licenses from the developers and that's it. When when they can just keep you know squeezing people for money year after year after year and i mean actually it's it's not just that because unity has their their ads their their monetization services iron source stuff that they acquired so they have ways to to profit from those those games as it is um but this this fee is is just it's a bad idea like like top to bottom, <laughs> start to finish. I do not know how they thought this would go. Two questions then before we wrap up, because I want to kind of keep this micro as as bland. One is what would you expect them to announce in the next couple of days? I don't think they'll completely scrap the plans because they still need this whatever revenue they're trying to get. You know this extra this need for extra revenue. They they're clearly going to do something. I wonder if they change the thresholds, but I don't think that changes the principle of the issue. A lot of developers are calling for it to go to a uh, Unreal style royalties fee. So, um, you know, five percent of all the money that the game makes goes to Unity can't think what else they could do that would appease the developers and restore the trust if that's even possible at this stage restore the trust from the developers yeah I, I think if restoring trust is is the goal then the only way that you even get close to that is if they just completely scrap this plan entirely and Riccatello resigns and <laughs> i yeah. Like, honestly, that's that's kind of my threshold with with a lot of, um, you know, ex executive blunders or toxic workplace environment kind of things like there has to be there always has to be a path to reconciliation and forgiveness and everything. Right. But as long as the people involved, the people responsible for it are still there and have not really you know, suffered personal consequences of any kind or, or have given reason to why they, you know, would have changed their mind or become more enlightened about whatever it is that they have done. Like, you don't, like, I can't really look at them and say like, oh yeah, you're cool now just because it's 
you know, it's been a few months since some people have forgotten about it and it's not the lead of every story involving your company now. Like that's so, so for me personally, and I might be uh, a harsher critic than, than some, I, I think it, it needs to, it needs to have executive resignations in this just just to give developers some some benefit of the doubt like some plausible thing that they can tell themselves to think oh okay well it's different management in charge now and this management wouldn't do that this management isn't the management that that tried to change the deal on me so long after the fact and just completely violated my trust like this and when I was looking for stability in a business partner through this half-baked, poorly communicated, uh, just underhandedly uh, deal-changing term of service at me so long after the fact. You know, like, you need... I can give them plausible deniability, but there's, you know, there's got to be changes for it to be plausible. Hmm. Last thing I wanted to touch on, I know we're running short of time, this is quite a big question, so bear with. Has this identified a, or at least you know, highlighted, a major issue in the way games are built, or at least the technologies that are used to build games? I ask that because the European Game Developer Federation this morning said that they are recommending that the European Commission start investigating non-negotiable B2B contracts between technology providers like game engine creators and developers. In addition to that, the UK trade body Tiger has suggested that the has called for the Competition Markets Authority to investigate the state of the game engine market and the you know the competition of the game engine market. I've quietly wondered for a while how healthy it is for the industry to be almost reliant on two engines. You've got Unreal and you've got Unity. I understand the logic of what has brought us to this point. Unity dramatically democratized game development and allowed, you know, lowered the barriers for indie developers and, and you know students and, and new types of game creators to come in and build games. Unreal followed that and started lowering its own barriers and now that's accessible as well there are loads of other additional engines out there but they're not as fully featured to as unity and unreal because um because just lack of resources at the engine company compared to unity and unreal and epic games which are big organizations a lot of studios have stopped using proprietary engines i imagine that the majority of studios using proprietary engines are those in massive publishing companies and even then some of the even some of the big studios um you know cd project has scrapped its own engine and is moving to unreal engine 5 like there's a lot of studios over the past few years that have dropped their engines even on a smaller scale football manager um sports interactive the developer football manager they've dropped their own proprietary engine they've been using for 20 years moving to unity because unity has more resource the vast majority of the industry is reliant on these two engines and this has just proven that those two engines can make changes that could potentially cripple your business. That doesn't seem healthy to me. Yeah, it is not. <laughs> they have 
it it's it's terrible because i mean like sh sure you can switch to to unreal if you want but do, do you really think that like this could never happen with with unreal mm. um i like to think that they would be smart enough not to try and do something like this but this is still the company that paid half a billion dollars last year to the ftc for you know they're like fraudulent and deceptive uh monetization and privacy practices in in fortnite and like yeah this is not good when we we just kind of turn over such a a, a huge and, and vital um part of the industry to to a couple of uh you know for-profit businesses that that have a market share and an influence over over the market that is just so outsized as as to be you know unhealthy and and even if you are cool with the management today um there's no telling who's going to be running those places five or ten years from now and if they still have the market share that they have today you, you know it's it's just it's not a good situation when when someone can come in and and put the screws to the to the customers and you know the industry basically and the industry won't have much of a choice won't have recourse really um so so things new engines open source software like godot you know things like that are are they're great it's nice to have those options it would it would be tremendous if if we could um you know f find a way to make them better and more viable options and and if enough people switch to them here maybe they they will be uh but like right now the situation is it's bad and it, it's bad in the same way that windows or mac os can just get worse and worse every year can can care about your consent less and less and they just keep doing it and it's like well what are you going to do switch to linux and you know outside of steam deck users um I, i'm not I'm not really seeing much of a, you know, mainstream use case for Linux yet. So uh, I'm I'm skeptical as to, to how much this this might uh, change things in the long run. If if, you know, we don't get like government regulators uh, attention with it. But um, yeah, it's it's a bad situation to have two companies basically running the entire show like a, a completely vital part of the game development process under their control that is all we've got time for today we are no doubt going to be back later in the week when unity actually decides what the heck it's doing and deigning to tell us what the heck it's doing um in the meantime you can check out previous episodes of the podcast and the microcast on the podcasting platform of your choice and you can get more news insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz 